Good morning, guys. Caroline Ferguson, owner and founder of Grateful and Company, bringing you um, another awesome story on our Grateful and Company podcast platform. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me this morning. Um, it is a gloomy day in Houston, Texas, but never fear. We have an awesome story to tell, and hopefully that'll cheer it up. Um, I am so excited to talk to Miss Sahar today. Um, she is a total boss babe, like holy cow. She's the CEO behind Own Your Voice and author of Find Your Voice, as well as um, a professional speaker. She is absolutely amazing and a powerhouse. And I, I found her on Instagram, oddly enough, and I 100%, I almost felt like immediately, fell in love with what she stands for and her platform and everything she pushes out. Um, I love it. And I wanted to bring her on today to hear her story, her take on gratitude, positivity, and, and all things mental health. Um, so, Ms. Sahari, do you want to say hello and introduce, introduce yourself? Absolutely. Good morning. And thank you so much for, one, making a space for all of our voices by hosting such an awesome platform. So, abundance of gratitude your way. And my name is Sahar Paz. My first name actually means when night meets day. And that has definitely been the journey of my mental health as well as my spiritual. And when those things get in check, everything else in life unfolds. So I say the same person that stands in the bedroom stands in the boardroom. Uh, we all have the same decision-making process. And the body of my work has been around the voice that makes this decision. So... Five years ago, I started out on a mission to help, especially women, find their voice, meaning what is that relationship between your inner voice, your emotions, and the decisions that comes from them. So that's been the driving force behind my work because I was born in a time where a voice was not a choice, not for me, not for my mom, not for my father. And that was in the Islamic Revolution of Iran. And, you know, we have one filter when we tend to hear about stories of the Middle East, which is the woman is the victim and the man is not. However, at a very young age, so this is from being born, a year old, the revolution happened shortly after the war between Iran and Iraq happened. And this was my life up to seven years of age. Wow. And I saw, I saw how it affected both women and men. So that really drives my work. That is, holy cow. Wow. Um, what an amazing story. What an amazing background. I, uh, I'm totally blown away. Um, Sahar, I would love to hear um, more about kind of your platform. Could you share with us like kind of, I know you touched on obviously your background a little bit and or um, what kind of led you to doing this, but I would love for people that maybe are new to what you do or, or this is the first time maybe they're hearing about you and, and all of the awesome stuff you do. Um, could you give us like a 50,000 foot view of um, just how you serve the community and the impact that you've been able to um, just create and kind of domino to everybody that, that hears about you and sees what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my most recent initiative is Own Your Voice Strategy Firm, which is a personal branding firm that gets behind conscious capitalists. And we get them on stages to speak to make sure that they are really modeling positive, healthy way of communicating. And stages to speak can be public speaking, professional speaking, or it could be right there on your online platform. So it's just really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, getting behind people, healthy communication, strategic thought leadership, especially for those who are conscious capitalists. And what does that mean? Excuse me. So 
if we're talking about mental health and consciousness, those things are very much tied hand in hand. And going back to the statement I made, made of uh, the same person that stands in the bedroom stands in the boardroom, I think in many of our career paths, we have, you know, what we do for our work defines a lot of who we are. Yeah. And how we speak to ourselves, let us know, hey, I can go for it. I am smart enough, or I am creative enough, or, you know, I have the guts enough to go for it. And, um, you know, I'd want to make a quick disclaimer that no one should adopt the voice of comparison when hearing my story. Yes, I had some crazy upbringing with the revolution and war, but within your own homes, our emotions are all the same. So whatever you experience within your home, within your life, that was jolting like that, or gave you a message to say, hush, you're not smart, hush, don't go for it, and get you into that loop of um, the bad voice, as I like to call it, the negative voice. You know, we all we all have that, so no comparison. But for me, getting behind conscious capitalism through Own Your Voice is, is something that I think I've almost hid from for a while. Yeah. Um, I've made my body of my work from the time I was a teenager to being in retail. I always wanted to be someone's champion. And because of that, my work ethic, and I worked so hard because I just needed to know I was valuable. I I became that people-pleasing person, right? Um, So through that, I've really been always led to these leadership positions. So it started in retail. From that, it went to banking. From that, it was in New York in the world of fashion. Um, That's super cool. (laughs) It is super cool, but you realize that it's really the same kinds of folks from banking to fashion that are in the workforce, that are in corporate America, that are making those decisions. It it becomes disheartening. So um, what what happened after the fashion world and I started a nonprofit that took the business of fashion to empower folks and by folks meaning high school students. So for me giving someone a voice excuse me has been the tying theme so when i was in retail hey i want to make sure that you feel empowered in this position so you could give the best customer service from there i went to banking where i was at merrill lynch and Citibank, heavily male um very regimented i was 25 and i want I, le- I leaned in you know the cheryl sandberg you gotta lean in i didn't have a problem with that but I wasn't strategic with my voice. I had too much passion, too much fire. Like, ah, oh, we gotta be heard. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I really <And> so, that. <laughs> right. So from that, then I went to fashion, thinking, okay, fashion must be woman empowered. Here, I'm gonna be able to find my voice through clothes. I'm gonna work my way up the ranks in New York and start my own nonprofit. And you know, two things happened. One, I found out that the same people that are at the top in finance are the top in fashion male mm-hmm. so in that suit um, which was a little disheartening another thing is I really got into fashion graduated at the age of 30 from college because remember I was in my mind I was not smart enough so um, mental health I think is two things for me part of it is what we we the story we hold on to that voice we find yeah. and become allies with so much that really talks us into our space right absolutely and then there is the other side of mental health where it's beyond your control. But there are those two things, and our, our brain is a muscle. So, um, you know, back to the fashion, um, when I was working in fashion and 
Uh, it was 2008, so the economy collapsed, and um, the day before I was starting a new dream job at Iconics, which is a really huge player in this in the fashion scene. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I was let go. My position was dissolved just oh, wow. because the economy had crashed. So in that time, I was really spun into survival, freelancing. New York is the perfect place to do that. I did a number of things, but eventually said, you know what, going back to that original plan, you don't have to work your way up in the fashion industry. You can mm-hmm. go ahead and start that nonprofit. And I did. And um, for years, I worked with high school students for two days a week. They would take my business of fashion program. Most popular was fashion magazine, and they would get school credit for it. Wow. So awesome experience. Hey, we are getting out of Brooklyn. We're going into Manhattan. You're going up into these offices and, you know, these are minority kids or LGBT, you know, just kind of ostracized. I want you to really find your voice through fashion. And, and they did. And it was a a beautiful experience. Um, GPAs raised scholarships. I see them now succeeding. However, when the programs were over, it's like, boom, the confidence would drop. Boom. The same patterns would come back. Right. Yeah. So, Fashion was a distraction. Fashion was a catalyst, but fashion wasn't solving the root of the problem. And that really, you know, at this time, I'm 33. I've gone through all these industries. um, And when I made that switch from finance to fashion, it wasn't just a change in the resume. It was six months in different mental health facility wards because I had got everything I thought I needed from my happy list and uh, I ended up uh, trying to kill myself three times obviously not successful um, and entered into several cognitive behavior therapy programs so taking that which happened when I was 25 years old Mm -hmm. fast forward eight years 33 here I am ending 10 years in New York almost five years with this nonprofit. what am I going to do you know, I know it is within my DNA to help people, but I cannot continue to help them and hurt myself. Yeah. You know, that people pleaser means you can't set boundaries at home or at work. Absolutely. Yes, sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you relate to burnout? Oh, my gosh. Can I relate to burnout? I, yes, I am literally, the entire time you've been talking, I've just been nodding endlessly over here because I hear myself and parts of your story and it's just in uncomfortably relatable um you at heart i'm a serial entrepreneur i i thrive off of building brands and building businesses and grateful and company has just been a platform for me that has just has changed my world because it's so personal and uh coming from a place of suicide is voodoo and and not talked about um when my Grateful and Company was built on this um, passion to, to end suicide um, through radical gratitude as, as a means. And the, the basis for that is I lost my dad 12 years ago to suicide. And um, having the rock of my family crumble like that and, and nobody see the signs, nobody see where that was, you know, where that could have come from. Um, it became this topic that nobody talked about. And I remember being in elementary school and middle school and, and nobody around me knew my dad committed suicide. Nobody knew that um, suicide was a part of my world because it was so shame-based. And when you were saying earlier how sometimes those um, 
we have those voices that tell us to be quiet and tell us to, to you know, Caroline, just hush. Like, the world doesn't need to know about that. You, you don't need to tell the world that. Like, just sh- be quiet. I felt like my heart was screaming when you said that because that is exactly, that is the road that I led for over a decade. It was, it's shame-based and we don't need to talk about it. And, oh, you know, like, that's not the reality that the world faces. Depression isn't something that everybody deals with. Mental health isn't something we need to talk about because it's voodoo. Like, it's... It's this thing that nobody can poke, you know? It, you can't put a cast on it. You can't put a Band-Aid on it, so it, it must not exist. And my reality was when I was in college, um, A, it did exist. I mean, I remember being a senior in college, um, and one of my friends had just he committed suicide as soon as he graduated. And I was like, this is insane. This is not something that I want to be hushed about. This is not something I want to ever be told to be quiet about. This is huge. This is a big deal and so of course um there unfortunately just when you're and I would attest it to passion almost when sometimes I feel like I'm in a hamster wheel I'm just going 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 gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go um if I if my voice is the only one being shouted from the rooftop about this mission then I need to shout as loud as long as hard as I possibly can and yeah that comes with burnout that comes with like like seasons of Caroline you're making yourself sick like calm down you know um and my network I've been very 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 blessed with an amazing network and an amazing community of people who are also entrepreneurs and and business owners and thought leaders and I mean there's no there are no exceptions (laughs) it feels like everybody in my little network is like on sabbatical for at least a month out of the year or um, a day out of the week just because they have to go and get away because it, it just becomes becomes very overwhelming um, and burnout is real. We go, go, go because we think that that's what we need to do, which in some cases it is, right? Um, I'm not discounting the hard worker, but at the same time, it's like if I burn myself out, then my mission that I'm so passionate about doesn't take place. I have to be able to do this in strides. I have to be able to bring myself balance so that I can really do what I want to do, do what I think will bring, you know, impact, positive impact and good to the world. If, if I burn out and can't do it, then it was all for naught. So I definitely, I hear you on so many levels. <laughs> and it, it's hard, you know, we, we live in a culture that we have to deserve to have time off and you get accolades for working harder. And it's one of the big things that I, why I own your voice is behind conscious capitalists, because you are still running businesses, but we need to be mindful of these people. And so right. much of our time is spent at work. And these are the folks that can really look out and say, hey, this person is starting to isolate. Hey, this person's not, you know, right. looking so hot. They're not caring about how they dress or whatever was normal for that human being. And it's very important, you know, from those dealing with depression, anxiety to those in recovery for drug and alcohol to the endless, endless challenges that we are up against and our mind and is up against in this, in this world. So, you know, a big, big, huge bravo to you, one, for setting up this platform, for allowing us to talk about suicide on a Monday, like it's, you know, <laughs> like you. it's nothing. <laughs> and that's, and that's how it needs to be. You know, um, it's, you know, if we just talk about you and I are both in branding and, yeah. and before I was a nonprofit and fundraising, when it feels too heavy, when it feels impossible to fix, we turn our face, we turn right. away. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, it happens. Uh, almost everyone I know has thought about taking their life. Yeah. And for those of us who have attempted, I want to take this spin. 
how strong is your inner voice that you can talk yourself into the murder of the self? Yeah. Now, what if you took that same strength, that same voice, and began to rebuttal it, began to not believe it, began to title it Negative Nancy, Dramatic Debbie, yeah. or Fucked Up Faye? Hey! <laughs> Excuse me, I don't know if I can curse on you. No, no, one, no, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> that was one of the big things when I ended the nonprofit, and I, you know, after 10 years in this crazy um, city, the beginning of my time in New York was in finance, and very quickly after my trilogy of suicide attempts, um, I left that and went to Puerto Rico for a year, um, and I let go of all the titles. I bartered to find somewhere to live. I bartered to find yoga classes. Wow. I bartered for food. You know, like all the little things that I had learned in my surviving the economic crash in 2008, mm-hmm. websites, video, whatever you need, I got you. So... <laughs> I was able to survive off of that in that year and also really get into my yoga practice. And it wasn't some fancy retreat. I didn't even have a mat. I had a YouTube video and concrete and the concrete made me sure that I didn't scrape my knees. So it really made me work on my form and my mental strength. Um, You know, just like our booty needs squats. Our brain does as well. Yeah. And yoga is not the only way, but anything any meditation and motion is something that's huge, I think, for pumping up that gratitude muscle, for kicking yep. up that serotonin, for really getting back to our authentic voice and our purpose that's um, really dying to come out within us. So um, that year in Puerto Rico, I said the root of the problem in my work before was the voice of the woman's, uh, the voice of the woman in the home. And what is the changing block for all folks mm-hmm. for change? And for me, that was words in the voice and where um, Find Your Voice came from. So it is a book I published five years ago. It is part memoir and part reflection guide based on cognitive behavior therapy. And um, it was rewarding and it was draining. Um, I learned, and I will share this with anyone, including yourself, that Um, You know, our driver are these stories. I lost my dad. I went through X, Y, or Z, Um, which is important to share that because then we can relate to one another, understand we're not alone. However, repeating that story for two years on stage after Find Your Voice was published really re-victimized me. So now at Own Your Voice, any speaker that comes, no matter the rollout of their topics online or offline, I say, listen, we get your story out there. We film it so that it can play itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I want to make sure that, you know, there's this huge thing that happens when you actually vocalize something, you're feeling the vibration, those words and messages landing back on your ear, you're just eating that again. And your brain doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know the difference between 20 years ago and now. So it's like, oh, crap, we're in it again, survival mode. So, (laughs) you know, so that's, I all again, I'm, I'm two years on the road with the book, I'm like, in this place again where I'm like holy crap I'm gonna burn out again Sahar what's going on back to that mental health cycle of you should and why aren't you smart enough and oh my gosh Mm -hmm. can't you figure this out Mm -hmm. so um I decided to create an online course and it was at the same time as the election so there was so much noise out there online um and the course I think could have 
really been placed in the right people's hands that needed to find their voice at the time, but they didn't get it. There was too much noise out there. So it was another fail on top of a what felt like a super drain. And um, and so I stepped back. I stepped back and I went and worked in um, an advertising agency and mm-hmm. um, took a year to really say, okay, I'm tired of really I want this to be a heart-driven mission, the body of my work, but mm-hmm. it, I can't keep peddling myself as the product. Yeah, wow. And yeah. that's that's hard for some women because I think um, we all have we're, we have solutions. We're, we have we are found and owned our voices. I don't want to talk about you. We, we need to. No, it's happening right now. We're in it. Wake up. Yep. But um, a lot of our solutions are based on ourselves. So. For us, with the personal branding, we say, how personal is your personal brand? You know, boundaries build the dream, man. You have to protect yourself. Yeah, so yeah. that's not about not trusting. That's about knowing time, place, and and dripping it out in, in a way that's good for you. Right. Um, so be it with, oh, my God, this is what I'm going through, and I need to tell my tribe within my, you know, personal life. And it, your tribe should be the people who deserve your truth that are not going to put you down or minimize it and it's the same at work you know so yeah. um, I'm, mental health is we have to talk about it for the sustainability of our workforce of our families and of economic development absolutely and I think like for me I can remember being very young and been working as soon as I was able and I remember being in a very toxic environment um, more than once, unfortunately, which is never fun, especially when you're a young woman and you're trying to make a way for yourself and you're met with so much like um, just ick. Um, and I remember being in those environments and feeling so, so belittled, feeling so down, feeling so like, Caroline, you're not worthy. You deserve this. Like, there's no good that could come out of this. Um, you might as well just give up now. I remember being in that headspace for what felt like years, but it, it ended up being, I mean, it was only like, it was a year. Um, but it was so overwhelming and it was so like, wow, what did, you know, what did I do? What did I do to be in a situation like this? What did I do to be in an environment like this? And I remember just being in such a, a fog of a mental space and I met with one of my now um continued mentors his name his name is Ken Ken's wonderful and I remember meeting with Ken in the middle of all this mess and I said Ken I gotta get out I gotta get out like I'm not I'm not feeling good like I'm not feeling good mentally I'm not feeling good like I'm really not feeling good emotionally like I gotta get out and he just met me with so much encouragement and so much positivity and so much empathy um not sympathy I was very empathetic and I appreciated that and I remember at the end of it sitting in my car from our, that meeting, um, I remember sitting there thinking, you know, all it took was for one person to sincerely hear me. All it took was for me was to sit down with somebody who I valued, um, for them to acknowledge my pain, for them to hear me, um, for them to just meet me where I was, to not force like well, Caroline, you need to be doing this, 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 and this. Instead, meet me with gentle encouragement, like, okay, Caroline, well, what can I help you with? What can we do together to move you out of the situation? So on and so forth. All it took was 
that little moment of, I hear you. I hear you. I see you. I recognize what you're dealing with. I went home that afternoon and I've always been a fan of handwritten thank you cards. I've always like, they've always, for whatever, like I have them on my wall. I have them framed. I I just love handwritten thank you cards. I think they're so powerful. Um, And I wrote Kim a thank you card. I hadn't written one in a long time. Again, just to reiterate the bad headspace I was in, I gratitude was not a thing really at that point for me. I was, I was very angry. I was very frustrated. I had spent years and years trying to build some sort of life for myself that was, um, whatever life an 18 year old is trying to build for themselves outside of their home, I guess. I, I was trying to build, um, kind of a way for myself that would lead to success, would lead to fulfillment, would lead to, Caroline, you're better than your background. You, you can be better than wherever you've come from. Um, let's start and move as quickly as possible, as early as possible, so on and so forth. So I had been on that path for years, and I was met with just this, this what felt like huge monkey in the room, this huge elephant. I was like, why am I being faced with so much negativity and hard stuff and gross stuff? And I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm trying to be so good. And I'm just met with distraughtness. Like I'm, I'm so upset. I wrote Ken in that moment. I wrote Ken a thank you note and, um, just said, thank you for, you know, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for your advice. Thank you for taking time out when you didn't have it. Thank you for being encouraging. Um, I, I mailed it. And, um, what I was blown away by was in that moment and the years following that moment, the power that physical gratitude had on our relationship. Um, 99% of our conversations following are about the the power of gratitude and how that decision, that decision I made to acknowledge that somebody heard me, that somebody was willing to listen, was willing to encourage, was willing to be empathetic. It was life changing for me. I'm now in the career that I'm in because of that decision I made. I made I'm I'm in this very positive space because I, I I chose to be grateful in the midst of really, really, really dark times. Um and I would love to hear your take on gratitude and just how um maybe how it impacts what you do and if it's ever been um I guess a big key in your life at any point. It was it was just huge for me. It shape shifted my future. Like it was life changing. It is. I attitude of gratitude, man. It's like it is life changing, and I would love to reflect on what you just shared. One with the act of handwritten notes. One soul sister. I love that too. <laughs> um, Two, there's this beautiful thing that happens. Um, what happened with, just backtrack really quickly, yeah. um, find your voice when I was on the speaking um, circuit and I started really getting traumatized by telling my story over and over. I said, okay, I need to think about making this solution forward and how do I take this uh, emotional intelligence um, mission behind find your voice and apply it to something with solutions that could also go into the trenches of America and corporate America. So Mm -hmm. I became a generation speaker and I got to really understand emotional intelligence for different generations and how people find and use their voice. So the act of writing, taking that pen to paper and writing it out 
you are allowing yourself to cognitively process things. So it's not just, hey, I'm sending this gratitude, so I'm going to feel good. The fact that you're sitting there and giving yourself time to think it, say it, you know, in your mind, and then have it come out on paper, um, it really resonates with that reward center within your brain. So uh, I'm a huge fan of any time you have to write it out. And gratitude, yes. The frustrations as well to detox and get them out. You know, back in the day before we had texts and everything, they would say, you can write the letter. You don't have to send it, but you can just write it. Well, it's still true, guys. It is still true. Don't text it. Don't type it. Get out the pen. Get out your kid's crayon. I don't care what you grab. Get it. (laughs) And so um, the handwriting is great. But for me, you know, especially right now at the CEO role of a startup at Own Your Voice, I um, am pooped. And I get a lot of good opportunities coming my way. For example, this past weekend, I got invited to a gala and I had, um, you know, I had to remind myself, be grateful. You love getting dressed up and going out. You yeah. know, don't think about the other side. So this is where, for me, um, I name the voices within because, as you can imagine, if, we have, if you have any struggle with mental health, that means your inside voice is very predominant yeah I could get I could get Judge Judy I could get dramatic Debbie on myself you know or I can be you know grateful Glenn and so for me I do name those like and kind of make fun of it because it's really hard work but it's reminding myself to be grateful in those moments especially when I'm not yeah okay especially when I'm not so I do that a lot right now pumping myself up um on the drive-in if i'm stuck in traffic like i'm grateful i have a car that works yep i'm grateful that i can afford to be in an office to go meet team members that yeah. are you know bought in so for me it is um especially in those times where i'm feeling drained frustrated sad i go back and say what am i um, grateful for and it becomes this thing that i um either say out loud to myself in the car where no one else is around. Um, I take in my work journal, I have an inventory of wins. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool. So you have to, back to that reward center in your brain, back to your brain being a muscle, back to why gratitude works. We are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, count this as a win once I get all the way the heck down there. Right. Well, hello, you got... As you said, 50,000 square, you know, whatever you told me to go back, <laughs> 50,000 yeah. mile view. So how am I going to get 50,000 miles without t- understanding that first one? So my inventory of wins when I was dealing with depression was, you got up and took a shower, girl. Good freaking job. It's like, gold star, good job. Yes. <laughs> and now as a CEO of Own Your Voice, when I am triggered because I'm tired, when I am triggered because someone that kind of resembles my predator is in front of me in a business mm-hmm. meeting, um, when I am triggered because I'm in survival mode for my company, but I'm not really, this is the conscious capitalist in me. This is the one that says, okay, hold on. And I can name whatever that is inside to calm her down. And it allows me, again, I name her. I go back to those inventory of wins. And if both of those are still not helping my mental state of being, I get to percentages. I am 50% pissed off. Mm -hmm. I'm 30% full of doubt and fear. I am 15% grateful, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So if you have a logical brain, 
those types of things will work for you. And what I learned with this practice through Find Your Voice really um, is that my audience was 50% men because the cognitive behavior is a very logical approach to your emotions and men are dying to be modeled how to feel. Don't tell me to be sensitive, but then man up, like show me what that means in between. And, and for us women rising right now, it's really up to us to, to model it for them and, and to be their champion in a way so that we stop this crazy cycle. I mean, men are committing suicide at a much higher rate they are. than women, yeah. much higher at crazy astounding rates for some states the third cause of death yeah it is it is it's insane on average like as a country in total it's actually the second highest cause of death isn't that insane like with everybody like it's insane oh my god talk about workforce talk about sustainability not you know that's just at work right i mean i only bring work into it because i did suicide prevention talks for a while and and it's good to deal with the families as well, but back to we spend so much time at work. Yeah. We get into that negative funk at work. We don't think we're worthy. We got passed up for a promotion. We've been isolated. Like, these are the places that can really be incubators for depression, anxiety, yep. and so on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm blown away almost every single day when I am flipping through whatever notes I'm working on or, or my social media I am just reminded at how present it is. Um, it's insane. In America, every it's on average, it's every 40 seconds somebody commits suicide. So we've been talking for, what, almost 35 minutes? I mean, y'all do the math. That is unacceptable. But, I mean, it's evident that there's a, there's a huge problem. Like, it's, it's huge, and it impacts so many people. And if you haven't been suicidal, I, I can almost guarantee that there is somebody in your life, in your network, in your five person little bubble that has, has been affected by it or been touched. It's, it's insane to me. And in my, in my mind, it's, it's entirely unacceptable. I feel like, um, I feel like we, there are so many things that, um, people can do and, and people can do to help and and ways that we can be better and anyway I could get on a soapbox about that but I realize that I have literally been talking your ear off for 35 minutes so as a parting gift to our audience Sahar could you please offer in your glorious wisdom um, and a piece of advice for our listeners who maybe are are struggling maybe are fighting that voice and, and can't get it to to hush up or 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 there that's all they hear um what piece of advice do you have for a listener um that's dealing with um a big mental health challenge maybe or or big mental obstacle right now no big decisions from this place mm. it can it can wait part of it is we feel like i gotta hurry up and get better because i gotta da 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 da, da. so no you probably don't no big decisions from this place and then adopt curiosity so mm. if within your mind you are so harsh or going back to um, something that has happened to you that was traumatic be curious about that situation why did that happen what was that other person going through what was the bigger factor in society and culture that could have affected it mm -hmm. and then realize the powers that yours to take back and take it back and some days that means you took a shower, well done. Some days you take a shower and you get dressed. Maybe you have one phone call. 
you have to just understand the baby steps. Be curious with yourself. No huge decisions from this place. Wow. Uh, I just got chills, and I'm sure our listeners did too. That's amazing. This has been so amazing. I feel like I learned so much from this interview, and I feel like I am better because of it. Um, And I spent the past 35 minutes sitting here nodding um, because I hear you, and I I relate to what you're saying, and I I know that people listening hear you and, and really relate to what you're saying, and it is... Wow, this has just been so amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being available and for letting us hear your story and um, for just being willing to be interviewed on on our silly platform that we're hoping to just use to share awesome stories like yours. Um, We're so grateful for you. Thank you, Sahar. It's my pleasure, and there's nothing silly about the platform. My (laughs) voice would not have a space if it wasn't for your hard work, time, and dedication, and creative power. So much gratitude to you and to everyone who listened. Thank you, Sahar. And to everybody that's listening, please stay tuned. We have more stories to share, um, uh, and it's going to be impactful. I can feel it in my bones. I'm eternally grateful for all of you that have stood by my side and and, um, helped this community be built. Thank you for being faithful um, to our mission and dream. Thank you for being patient, and thank you for being willing to um, learn more, to educate yourself more, and to be more open to learning about mental health and how depression is impacting maybe the people around you and definitely the world that you live in. Um, stay tuned for more content, more stories. Um, I'm so grateful. Thanks, guys. Signing off and until next time.